name of the one who abides in us. Amen. I had the privilege just the other day of sitting in conversation with a group of spiritual leaders from Southern Marin. We were gathered to compare notes and discuss the challenges faced in our various communities at this time. Among the leaders there was Kol Shafar's rabbi, Levi Derby, who is a delight to get to know if you get the opportunity. He's incredibly funny at times, and I found myself chuckling with him almost throughout the meeting, cutting it up like old friends we were, even though we had only just met. Amongst the usual challenges of ministry here at Church of Our Savior, I shared I'd been pondering the implications of swine flu for administering communion, to which he promptly replied that his community doesn't have to worry about swine flu. It just wouldn't be kosher. But one of his favorite one-liners was to preface a pipe dream or his own community's not-as-yet-realized plans with, when the Messiah comes... And then he would turn to me and say, or for the second time. I thought of Rabbi Derby and the Kol Shafar community this week as I reflected on the theme of abiding in Jesus' words in today's gospel reading and in the beautiful words from the first letter of John. Kol Shafar is presently meeting and schooling in an exile of sorts, the Kol Shafar diaspora, they call it, during an 18-month renovation of their facilities. All of their life and ministry is now conducted off-site. Shabbat is held in one location, Hebrew school in another. And Rabbi Derby tootles around the roads of Marin with much of his library in the back of his SUV. The upheaval this arrangement has brought to the Kol Shafar community raises deep questions about where each member of that community itself truly abides. They've lost, for example, 50 families since the renovation started. The stress of being without a spiritual home manifested in a building is simply too much for some of them. Now, it might or might not surprise you that Rabbi Derby's kvetches about ministry in this part of the world are very similar to my kvetches about ministry in this part of the world. And indeed similar to that of many shepherding spiritual communities on this or that side of 101 or the Golden Gate. We realize we are often viewed simply as peddlers of spiritual products, whether bar mitzvahs or baptisms, by folk who have been taught by our consumerist society to turn away from community and struggle instead on their own, who are not here to abide, but to consume alone and unaided, relying solely on their own fortunes and metal. 
In this way, spiritual traditions and rites of passage join the long parade of items to be purchased on the shopping list of life. Not at all the conversions like the one we heard today so vividly in Acts when Philip meets and then baptizes the Ethiopian eunuch. It's frustrating sometimes to try to build communities of transformation when self-satisfaction and entitlement rule the roost. So how do we call spiritual consumers into community? How do we challenge the false god of material success and teach our people the deep abodes of Torah and faithful practice of communion and prayer? Christ teaches us to abide, not to merely consume to find our true home in God, to join the vine of community and open ourselves to the pruning grace of God, the transforming power of divine love, that we might bear much fruit. We are called to abide. Many of us in a highly mobile world where walking away is made easy, can forget how to abide. But the truth is, we all know already how to abide in our bones. Today is Mother's Day, and our first abode, the first place we abided, was in our mother's womb. This reality was never lost in our tradition, even while patriarchal language grew to dominate our theological metaphors. In the ancient language of the church, Mary became Theotokos, mother of God, literally the God-bearer. Incarnation begins in a mother's womb. The grace that abides with us first abode in a mother. Mystics like Julian of Norwich went even further and referred to God in Christ as mother, as she abided in a divine mothering embrace through devotional disciplines, sacrificial service, and prayer. Divine wisdom is depicted in Hebrew scripture as a woman setting the table, building a home, a place of hospitality for all who would come and partake. And Jesus refers to himself at one point in Matthew, wanting to gather the children of Jerusalem, a hoped-for vision of the city of God, gather them together like a mother hen gathers her brood under her wings. Even in the most conservative Christian parlance, you can still hear talk of Mother Church, the Bride of Christ, and the body, too, of our Savior. As today, we join with others embracing motherhood as an unassailable, abiding experience of all the human family. The metaphorical language itself becomes blurred when it comes to gender talk about God. 
Because if we truly abide, we cease to know exactly where the boundary is between the branch and the trunk, or between the trunk and the roots. We cease to be identified in Paul's words as male or female, as Greek or Jew, as slave or free. We come into a oneness very much like the oneness that we knew biologically with our mothers who nourished us as we grew, even after we departed the womb, and the womb then became a house, the home became a family. As we grew, what nourished us in our mother's blood became the milk of infancy, became the solid family food of the dining room, became the spiritual food of community in the bread and the wine. Where would we be without motherhood as creatures and people of God? Well, nowhere, of course. You see, our mothers taught us how to abide. This week, one of our beloved brothers in Christ in this part of the vine passed away. Fred abided here with us for so many years, knowing that this abiding was a reflection of home, our true home in God, where we are wrapped up like babies in the womb and fed at table like family. We miss him this day in the same way we notice an empty chair at the table when a family member leaves home. Fred knew what Jesus means by abiding. We all abide somewhere. We must abide. Or we cease to be fully human, and our true identity withers like a branch cut from the vine. Better then that we abide in community where we are held and nurtured than alone with our own ideas and whims. Better to gain our wisdom from stories of generations than merely rely on our own metal and a few decades of experience. Better to set up our household with the God of the cosmos than simply play God at home and abide with the anxieties of our individual limits. Truth is, we make very bad gods when we're left to ourselves but we risk being transformed into God's image when we gather together and abide as the body of Christ. And in Eastertide, we are reminded that even learning to abide in this household is but a taste of what awaits. Our sojourn here prepares us for abiding forever in the one who made us, for the resurrection that has come and is coming. And how do we wait? Abide in me as I in you, Jesus says. In this abiding, we practice our faith. We are not made to simply consume abstractions or ideas and call them faith nor spout platitudes about the way life should be. No, we are called to abide in this body, 
and to eat the bread and drink the wine, because this is where true life and love is offered and embraced. And then we may bear the fruits of justice and peace, building up the abiding household of God for when the Messiah comes, or for the second time. Amen. Thank you for listening to this sermon podcast from the Episcopal Church of Our Savior, Mill Valley, California. We are a growing, welcoming community for those seeking to deepen their relationship with God and to journey in faith with God's people through the breaking of bread and in service to others in Christ's name. You can reach us by phone at 415-388-1907 or visit us online at OurSaviorMV.org. That's O-U-R-S-A-V-I-O-U-R-M-V for Mill Valley dot org. We wish you God's peace and we hope to be able to greet you in person very soon.